Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the best damn NFL pod period with Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson and USC legend 16-year NFL vet Rodney Pete. presented by DraftKings. You're listening to the best damn NFL pod period presented by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Best damn to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. Uh, our guest today is, is someone that I have known for a long time, for admired for even longer. He is the Hall of Famer, the pride of Hamilton High, <laughs> Warren Moon. What's up, Warren Moon? The Yankees, man. Hamilton High School Yankees, you know? Wait, that's a football team we call the Yankees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was before the New York Yankees. That was, Hamilton High School been around since the 1800s. Hey. Uh, hey. How you guys yeah. doing, man? How you guys doing? Good, good Warren. Uh, we're good, Warren. I'm good, man. Just, uh, you know, running around. My kids are older, so so they don't they don't – want anything to do with me man so i'm i'm just <laughs> trying to do my thing holly's working most of the time in canada shooting movies so uh and i'm doing radio man i don't get a chance to play golf like ed as much as i man, like first to. of all don't forget i got young kids i'm an old man with young kids i, mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I got a nine-year-old and a 16-year-old i've got a granddaughter six so i'm like uh i'm like mr mom over here you know so but life is good life is good well, I got grown kids and I got eight grandkids, so uh, I got all the you, you all never catch me. I got a forty-year-old son, so uh, <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> Wait, so so you grandpa? Uh, how are you as a grandpa, man? Are you are you like that grandpa that that just they they come to the house and we going to grandpa's house, man? It's on. You know, really, they all live down in Houston, so I visit them all the time. And uh, I, I spoil them to death, and then I give them back to their parents. You know, I know that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all the time, it's time to go home, man. It's time for me to leave and go to the hotel. You go back home to mama and daddy, because uh, I can't be keeping you all night long. But, no, we have a, we have a really good time. And I, I got all ages. Um, my oldest one is 19, and my youngest one is uh, probably it's five weeks old now. I just had one about five wow. or six weeks ago. So. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Congratulations. But they keep you busy, man. And there's always a birthday. There's always a, a graduation. There's always something going on that you got to be there for or buy a gift for. So Christmas, man, I, I buy a lot of gifts. <laughs> I buy a lot of Christmas gifts at Christmas time. Black Santa Claus. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's, that's who I am, Black Santa Claus. Black Santa Claus. <laughs> I know that feeling. I've been Black Santa Claus for a long time. Hello. Hey, hey, busy is good as long as there's no drama. Then, no. then you can handle it, right? My um, you know, my my kids don't get presents from me anymore. I give them for their I give them to their kids now. <laughs> it's like you're too old to get a present. You got <laughs> kids, I'm giving your kids the present. You don't get nothing anymore. Yeah. Warren, I, I want to ask you this question, you know, because uh I you know we we talk about it all the time. Um, you know, I'm never never played position quarterback, you and Rodney did. But I've always wondered why you never came into the National Football League as a quarterback first. And I think I've asked you the question before, but I want I want you to explain why. Because I was like, man, you know, it, it, I say this all the time. I say if, if one moon would have came into the National Football League when like everybody else did, you'd have all the records. I mean, I, and I believe that all the records. But yeah. can you tell me why you you had to go to Canada and play pro football? You know, E.D., it was just that time when uh, NFL owners, NFL general managers, coaches, they didn't have a lot of belief in African-American quarterbacks being able to play the position. And um, so there was very few of us. And I knew when I started playing the position way back in, in Pop Warner football and then coming up to high school and, and then into, uh, into college, that it was going to be tough for me to get an opportunity because they just weren't giving them. And um even Doug Williams, who was drafted in the first round, he was drafted by John McKay, who had a history of having black quarterbacks at, at, at USC. So he was comfortable with it. But other than that, Doug probably should have been one of the top people picked in that draft. And I think he didn't go to number 13 or 14 when Tampa drafted. So, um, yeah, that was just the mentality of the league. And when I came out that same year, 
they wanted to move me and change my position. They wanted to put me in defensive back or wide receiver. And, and uh, I just wasn't going to have any part of it because I had been successful at every level of playing the game at quarterback. And I just felt like I deserved an opportunity to play, to get a chance to play in the NFL. If I wasn't good enough, then go ahead and cut me and, and I'll do something else. And maybe I'll go back to school or maybe I would change positions. But I didn't think I was going to be a good enough athlete to play DB or wide receiver. So um, I was I was stuck on playing quarterback. I believed that I could play the position at a high level. The Canadian Football League gave me that opportunity. And, and I had to pick between do I want to give up my dream of playing the NFL or do I want to go somewhere where I want to play the position that I'm used to playing? So I decided to go the, to the Canadian Football League. And that, that's the reason why I didn't come there in the first place, because I didn't think I was going to be given the chance to play it. How many years, how many yeah. years did you play in Canada? Sorry, right? I played six years up there and, uh, you know, I signed a three-year deal when I first went. And then after my second year, they wanted to redo it. So I, so I redid another uh, three years and uh, actually I did another four years. I think it was, and I was enjoying myself playing up there. We're winning championships and I'm, I'm being paid like I'm an NFL, uh, NFL quarterback. So I was okay with it. And I wasn't dealing with any racism or anything like that up there. But then after a while, I, I'm watching NFL games every week and I'm saying, you know, I could do what these guys are doing out there. And, uh, and uh, we were having so much success in Canada my first four or five years. We were winning championships every year. Now I got to the point where I needed a new challenge. And I, I just wanted to see how good I could really be. And the only way you can really measure how good you can be is playing against the best players in the world. And the best players in the world were no question in the NFL. So that's what made me want to come back because I, I had – thought about maybe staying my whole career up there like a Condridge Holloway did or like uh, Jimmy Jones did or Chuck Ely, some of the other African-American quarterbacks who have been very successful in college but didn't get a chance to play in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Warren, there's so much there, man. And I, I will say this. I'm so glad you were, you were stubborn, man, because you gave guys like me somebody to look up to as I was coming up trying to be a quarterback. And, and uh, I had those same – you know, people tell me, hey, you should be a wide receiver. Even some of my own family members would say, you know, as you get older, you better switch that position because they're yeah. not going to let you play quarterback. Right. So we better get ready trying to work your skills at wide receiver or defensive back or something like that. And it's funny, we had uh, we had Ray Lewis on last week, and he talked about being a running back and how he uh, – he used to he used to idolize ED with the neck roll and the whole thing like that. <laughs> but I, I I I and he sent a picture of um of himself when he was wearing it with the neck roll. And I say that because when I was growing up, I was wearing number one. Were you number one? Oh yeah, I had no, Pop Warner all the way through. I was wearing number one, and uh and 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 I loved it. And I was so mad when I got to high school because my high school coach would not let anybody wear a single digit. He was really? not a single digit guy, so I couldn't wear number one. But I wore 10 in high school. Um, but I, I just- That's what I, I was just, in high school. I was number 10, because we didn't have number one, and they weren't going to order it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I went, um, when I went to University of Washington, I became number one. Right, right. I want to go back there real quick, because, you know, as I mentioned at the top, you went to Hamilton High, um, and you mentioned John McKay, you know, having a history of of having black quarterbacks. I mean, he was the guy that really integrated the South with taking USC to go play Alabama down there. Right. And uh, with the late, great Sam Bam Cunningham having a great, you know, great performance against Alabama. And then they started recruiting black players down there. But you coming out of coming out of Hamilton High, um, were you recruited by everybody? SC, how did you get out of SC and UCLA? let you out of uh let you out of LA area. Well I was recruited by um UCLA. Dick Vermeil was there, but they were running the veer and, and I, I was not a running quarterback. I, I was a guy that could throw it. For some reason people thought I was this guy that could run around and do all the stuff that most African American quarterbacks were doing back in those days, running the wishbone, run running the option offenses. And that wasn't me. So I I had no interest in going to UCLA. Um, but I was recruited. I actually committed to go to Arizona State, believe it or not. And then uh, they signed uh, a kid by the name of Dennis Sproul. I don't know if you remember him. I and, do. I and do. also uh, Bruce Hardy, who ended up being yep. a tight end, but he was one of the top quarterbacks in the country that year. Those two guys committed along with me, and they said, we're going to keep your scholarship, but we're going to change your position. 
And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to change my position. And again, I had to decommit. And that's why I decided to go to junior college for a year, because I just could not get the big schools that threw the football, give me a chance to play, uh, play quarterback. I really wanted to go to Cal or I wanted to go to Stanford. And neither one of them were having any uh, no, any of that. No, 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 no. James Lofton, who came out the same year as me, uh, was a was a high school quarterback. We were both all city uh, the year we came out as a senior, and he went to Stanford. But they changed him to wide receiver, and, and also his right. you know his great track background. But they they weren't having any parts of an African American playing quarterback. And I still think to this day they've never had a black. Quarterback I don't think they have. <laughs> I, I would. I got. I don't think they have. I got recruited there too. Same thing. I had the same thing. You had James Lofton and and that story. And and I had. I took a trip up there, and Jack Elway was the coach when I was uh, when I right. took my trip, and it was Mike Tolliver. I don't know if you remember him, the receiver Mike Tolliver, and and Toy Cook was a DB who took me around, and they were like, you know, love you, man, but they ain't gonna let you play quarterback up here. Right. They were on the team. <laughs> <laughs> they were on the team. Same thing at Cal. I don't think I've ever seen a black quarterback at Cal. Um, and, and, those, and they threw the ball back then. They had a pro-style right. offense. It was Mike White and all those yeah. those great uh, receivers that he had up there, Wesley Walker and all those guys. And uh, they weren't going to have any part of it either. They took another uh, another guy by the name of Joe Roth, who Joe ended Roth, up yeah. passing away from uh, from cancer. Um, yeah. But they, they took him over me because, again, I, I think it was because of the color of our skin. Because I was, a, yeah. I was a state player of the year that year. No, I know. I remember my my dad was recruiting. He was coaching at Arizona, and he yeah. was recruiting over here too. And I remember him telling me, "This kid, this kid, he's going to Washington." I remember him in L.A. because I recruited L.A. Um, he used to get all the kids, you know, Fremont High used to do. Bruce Hill, I don't know, was a quarterback that I looked up to at Arizona too. Well, right. so, they, so they recruited uh, my, my wide receiver from Hamilton, uh, Greg Preston, who was also a safety. Yes. He went yep. to Arizona and yep. he, he was recruited by your dad. Yep. Yep. So, so Warren, you're California player of the year. You, you go to junior college, then you go to UW, you win the Rose Bowl. I think you were MVP of the Rose Bowl that year too. Yeah. Um, and then you go undrafted and then people, people don't, you know, they look up now and goes, there's no way in the world. Like they talk about me, I, I went and I didn't go to the sixth round. And then I'm looking at, I got, you can even go back to Warren Moon. You didn't get drafted. And you then know, you got. You know what happened, Rodney, is because I, I decided to go to Canada, I had to make a choice. Am I going to stay and, and go to the NFL draft and, and hopefully get drafted as a quarterback? Because they had 12 rounds at that time. Right, a couple right. of teams that said they might draft me late, late, late in the draft. Other than that, nobody was really. Um, you know, blowing my door downs. And so the Canadian League started six weeks earlier than the, than the NFL did. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to go to Canada or, or bypass that and, and wait for the draft? So I, I made the decision to go to Canada. And so I, I, I kind of took myself not out of the draft, but somebody still could have drafted me late and kept my rights, but nobody did. So I was also I was actually glad nobody drafted me because now I'm be a free agent if I ever do decide to come back to the NFL. Yeah. You know, you know the, the thing about that is, is that when you came back to the NFL, we had a chance to get you. At the rain. Yeah, yeah. And, and man, <laughs> oh, man. Now, you're talking about <laughs> frustrating. I'm like, because the, the thing is, that first, I never heard of, I never heard of one. Because you know, I played high school football in Texas, right. college football in Texas, and then all of a sudden, I started hearing about, you know, I didn't know about really much about Canadian football. Right. You won the championships in Canada, and. Then so, some other players on the Rams say, hey, man, we got a chance to get this guy named Warren Moon with the, with the University of Washington. I said, really? He said, man, if, if we get him, it's going to be it's going to be a game changer. But we ended up taking Dieter Brock. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And I'm like, how in the hell did we take Dieter Brock over here? I mean, so, man, I wanted, and I tell, I tell Richard did this all the time. I said, man, if we'd have had Warren, as a quarterback, and I, I said, we would have beat y'all. We all needed was a quarterback. We all needed was a quarterback. <laughs> Back them off the line of scrimmage. But yeah. you know, it's, it's, when, I, when I think about it, Warren, it's really sad that it you, you had to go to a, a whole different league. And, and you know what? It even started before you. Guys before you didn't have a chance. Right. 
or exactly. then a chance, you know, just because of the color of your skin. And and sometimes, because I said this when I came to the league, you know, they really want black quarterbacks then. I mean, that was 1983. Right. I mean, it wasn't popular to have a black quarterback. I mean, oh. it just it just wasn't. And 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 the things that you were able to do and think about it. I mean, you played six years in Canada and still came back and played the National Football League at how old were you when you came into the NFL? How old were you then? I was 27. 27 years old. 28, and, 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 and most of us come in and we 20, 22 and 23. I mean, yeah. 20 years old. And, and you still made, made the NFL Hall of Fame. It just shows what a great player you were. And I still say, man, if you'd have came in when everybody else, when, when, I, when I airway and everybody came in, I came in, you know, you'd have had all, you'd have had all the yards. Well, the thing was, when me and Doug were in the league and also Randall came in, I think in 1985, maybe. I think Randall came in We knew that it was on our shoulders. We were like the guinea pigs for the African-American quarterback. That if we played yeah. well and we had to play well, if we could play well, we would open some eyes and open the doors for, for that next group of players like Rodney and the guys that came after us to give them a chance to play the play a quarterback position. So, with, with Doug winning the Super Bowl, which was huge, and it was something oh, I was yeah. envious of because I wanted to be the first to do it, but I was glad one of us did it. I actually cried the day that yeah. he won the, the, the Super Bowl in San Diego uh, against uh, the Denver Broncos because I knew how significant that was. And then you know, the fact that Randall had a spectacular career as far as the type of uh, hybrid type of quarterback that he was, and then my consistency of you know just you know being pretty good every year those are the reasons why everybody was able to open up the doors to, to the, to the rest of the young guys coming in. Now you start to see guys get drafted high, you know, Donovan McNabb goes like the number three overall pick. All of a sudden, Michael Vick goes number one overall. And, and then we just, it just go keeps on going from there. And I, and I think we had a lot to do with that as far as how we played during that era of the eighties and nineties that uh, showed these general managers and owners that, that we could play at a high level and, and win games for you. I want to remind everybody that week two of the football season is in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly, instantly, when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 2 game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BESTDAM to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code BESTDAM this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, and speaking of a you know, high level, Warren, you, you, you did it for a long time. As ED said, you, I mean, you, you started six years in Canada. Then you came and you ended up playing another, what did you end up playing, another 16 years? I played years? 17 more years. Can you believe 17 that? more years in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> I mean, and, and playing it at a high level. I mean, people look at, you know, they're mesmerized by Tom Brady and the longevity, but you played 23 years of professional football and, and at a time where quarterbacks <laughs> got hit. They hit the quarterback. They hit the quarterback. They drove us to the turf. They hit us in our knees or they hit us in our head. It didn't matter. Yes, you know, they hit us matter. everywhere. Now you come, you come to the NFL. You go, you go to Houston, and were, did you go in with uh, with a little bit of chip because no, they overlooked you and you had to go to Canada, even though you won championship after championship in Canada? When you came to the NFL, like you were just saying, you you had to uphold it and do well because there were be other people 
coming behind you, did you also feel like these cats, they overlook, they don't think I can play. Now I'm got, I got to go show them. Was there a chip on your shoulder when you came to the NFL? There was no question there was. And um, I had a chip on my shoulder from every level that I started playing the game. Because even in high school, I was questioned about playing quarterback. So it was always a battle to try and prove yourself. And then once you got on the field and proved yourself, then, you know, you just move on and play from there. But um, when I came into the league, it was two things. I had a chip because I had something I had to prove, but I also had pressure because now I'm the highest paid player in the league. You know, I signed the, the biggest contract ever when right. I came into the league. So I'm in the South. I'm playing down in the South where I got all these, all these <laughs> bigots and, uh, and, Rednecks. and prejudice, uh, you know, people talking about me and uh, calling me names and uh, you name it. Um, so, yeah, th there was pressure there. My kids had to deal with it when they went to school on, on, uh, on Mondays or Tuesdays after games, especially if we lost. Um, they're getting teased all the time. So it was, it was a lot we had to deal with as a family. Um, you know, I had to get a private suite in, in the, whole, in the uh, stadium just to keep my kids away from all the, the nasty stuff that was being said about me in, in the stands by different people and dealing with my son crying after games because he's wondering why people are calling me these types of names and that. So it, it was a totally different situation when you go down to the South to play football. But once we turned things around, because, you know, we were, it was a bad team. I went to, they were two and 14 the year before I got there, new coach coming in, you know, we had a very young team. So we had to build and you know, it took us two or three years before we finally turned it around and became a playoff team. But those first couple of years were pretty tough in Houston. Let me ask you this here. This, this is this is going a little, a little forward in football. Um, it's about, about a, a game I want to ask you about. The game when y'all played the Buffalo Bills for was that was that the NFC cha AFC Championship game? Or was no, it was just a divisional game, but um, but it was. Uh, <laughs> Wait, first of all, <laughs> hey, first of all, Warren, Warren, are you okay? I'm, I'm are you okay that. talking about this, Warren? <laughs> well, I'm, okay. going, I'm going to therapy as soon as I leave this podcast. <laughs> what I, happened? What, I, I go to therapy. I go to therapy every Tuesday <laughs> at 11:30 <at> <laughs> because of that game. <laughs> Because that team we had was, I think, good enough to go to a Super Bowl. You know, we, oh, yeah. we, were, we were really talented on um, both sides of the ball. Um, we had just beat the Buffalo Bills the week before. It was the last game of the season in Houston. We killed them. And uh, then we go to Buffalo. We jump out to the big league. I think everybody got fat and happy at halftime. <laughs> next thing you know, boy, the tide turned in the second half, and we could not stop the momentum. It was it was crazy. Um, you know, we were up 28 to three. And then next thing you know, they score a touchdown and then they, they kick an onside kick and they recover that. And next thing you know, they're right back in the game. And that crowd is going nuts. The defense is playing good. And we're just not able to make that big play to, to, to put the game out of reach. We had a we had a, a nice long drive and we went for a field goal that probably would have put the game out of reach. The, the holder bobbles the snap and we don't get a field goal out of that drive. And uh, we had an interception by one of our linebackers go right through his hands, right into their receiver's hands. I mean, just plays that we could have put the game away in the second half and we didn't. And uh, it ended up going into overtime and we ended up losing on a field goal. But that's one of those games because you only get so many opportunities to maybe get yeah. to a Super Bowl that I, I felt like we would have beat Pittsburgh the next week. Um, but because we had played them, you know, in our division. But um, you only get so many opportunities to get a chance to go to that Super Bowl, and, and that was one of them. And we we let that one slip by badly. Yeah, yeah. And as that as that is happening, because you're right. You know, I don't think you know between the three of us, we we didn't we, we haven't won a Super Bowl. You know, we I didn't play the Super Bowl, and, and so it is difficult to get there. But as you going through that game, uh, did you did it did it feel like it was going in slow motion and and everything was going wrong because you guys, it, it was a total opposite in the first half. You guys were killing them, going up and yeah, down yeah. the field. And then it just turned, like you said, as, as you sitting on the side as a quarterback and watching this, are you looking at, oh, we just got to get one play to turn this around or just, or is it like, man, this is just, this is. We had, we had had a couple other games like that during the year where 
we had big leads and then we let teams kind of creep back and out. And I'm standing on the sideline going, why do we have to make things so hard on ourselves? You know, like at halftime, I'm walking around the locker room going, come on, guys, we got we got 30 more minutes. We got 30 more minutes. and We can get this thing done. And, they, and guys are looking at me like I got three heads. Like, are you crazy? Warren? This game's over. <laughs> Basically, is what they, what they were saying, what they were saying when they look at me. But um I'm just I never thought we were going to lose the game, but I'm still on the sideline going, why do we got to make this so hard on us? We we could we should just put this team away and walk out of here w- without no worries. But here we are making it tougher on ourselves. And 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 once we did that, it made it even I mean, it made it too tough to, to the point where we lost the football game. So uh, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And um, and. Uh, that's something I'm, I bet you every guy on that football team still looks back today and says, we let one get away. Yeah, because I'm telling you, I won't forget the next day. It showed, uh, I think they fired everybody. All they the fired team. a defensive coordinator. They fired, I mean, they fired <laughs> everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang. They said, everybody gets fired except the players. Yeah, we had been playing this attacking defense, and, and then all of a sudden we get this lead, and now we go to like a prevent, like a 3D soft defense and they just killing us throwing the ball down the field. I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we doing the same thing we were doing to get this big lead? Yeah. Um, so Warren, you come in, you said, and, and we have something in common because we both ran the run and shoot. Um, yeah. Talk about the run and shoot. We have mutual, obviously mutual coaches, June Jones. I absolutely love June. Um, but when yeah. you started running the run and shoot, how was it for you? Because a lot of people think, Oh, they, that, that, run and shoot can't work and this and that. And now we look up today, a lot of teams, they've run a lot of four wides and doing a lot of the similar things. Um, when you first got to Houston and they put it in, um, were you excited? Were you nervous? Were you like, what is this? Or this can't work? Because you put up some unbelievable numbers. And I'm watching this. We played them my rookie year, uh, ED, and we go to Houston. And, we, you know, we just starting out we didn't have the players but we we also had Barry Sanders in the backfield too so it was it, it kind of evened some things out but we're running it and they're running it and for whatever reason it looks so much better when they was running it. <laughs> <laughs> you know we ran a version we ran a version of it before we actually went full-blown um run and shoot we ran what we call it the red gun so we ran a lot of the same pass concepts out of the shotgun um, is mainly for our you know third down offense, but um, once we went full time run and shoot, my biggest adjustment was trying to get that footwork down, man. Trying to you know how you make you take that long first step coming away from right. center, trying to get that arc, and because I had always been a sprint out quarterback in college, where you just sprint straight straight out, yeah. but this now you got to take that controlled one step, and and because you always got to be ready to throw the ball quick, whether it's on a third step or on the fifth step or whatever. Sometimes you throw it on after your first step, depending on. Right what's going on with the defense. So that was the biggest adjustment for me was the footwork. But as far as uh, the route combinations and all the adjustments that came off the routes, I loved all of that because the defense could really never be right if if the quarterback and receivers were all on the same page. And and when we were all on the same page, that was a hard uh, offense oh, to stop. Yeah. But sometimes it would be that time where the where the receiver was going through the going through the um, or maybe he hooks up on a on a, uh, a seam route and you throw the deep route thinking he's going deep. That's when bad things would happen. We weren't seeing the the same thing all the time, but that didn't happen too much. It's just when that did happen, it looked bad. <laughs> sometimes you might throw a pick. You know, you're throwing the ball way over his head to the safety man, and he's hooked up. In, in the seam, I'm like, God dang it, we didn't see the same thing on that one. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, coming out because in college, I, we ran a, a pro style offense in college myself, and and uh, it was a lot of seven step drops. And you know, we we at C, we had always good offensive linemen, so I had time to really sit back and and get deep and and throw the ball. And here it was like that rollout, but you were only basically five yards deep from right. the center, and a lot of people always says, you know, left tackle for a right-handed quarterback is the most important. But in the run and shoot, for me, especially rolling to your right, it was that right tackle yeah. that you needed to be You needed to be firm. Yeah. We had Lomas, yeah. Lomas Brown was on the left, so he was good. <laughs> but on the right side, I remember my rookie year, I was like, 
I can't see a thing. I'm two, three yards from the court, from the from the line of scrimmage. I was like, I can't see nothing, you know, because my right tackle would get pushed all the way back into my face. And normally, in a deep drop, you'd be like, okay, that's cool. We can give a little ground, right? But at a run and shoot, you can't give any ground. No. That made it difficult for me. Yeah, it did. And you you had those uh, short corners too, because we didn't have tight ends, right? So. Those those uh those defensive ends didn't have far to get to to get to you, and then you also had those nickels coming off the edge as well, and they come in full speed because there wasn't no tight end there. So yeah, it it was an offense where you took a lot of hits sometimes as a quarterback. Maybe maybe the ball was gone, but you took a good shot when the after the ball is gone. So I remember a lot of those hits, man. That's why I was stayed in the weight room in the offseason to get my body ready <laughs> every year because I knew I was going to take some punishment in that offense. You might have had to put on those. Uh, I, I was watching ED. I said, like, I might have to put on the ED pads, man. <laughs> no, man, I'm a oh, I definitely had my rear pads and everything. I had every pad I, I could almost put on and still be able to throw the football. I couldn't go with the neck roll like ED, though. I wouldn't have been able to throw it. <laughs> hey, Warren, do you do you see any quarterback now that reminds you of, of, of you? Because I, I I do. And I'm see. I, I think um, the guy that – I look at maybe Dak Prescott a little bit, you know. Most definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we, I mean we even kind of walk the same, you know, and uh, he's kind of built the same way as me, and he's kind of really worked himself into a, be a really good passer. Um, I think I did the same thing. I kind of worked myself into being a, a really good passer as far as being able to make every throw. Because when I came out of college, I probably couldn't make every throw the way you wanted to. I threw a, I threw a very live ball. But I learned how to throw, you know, more of a touch pass when I was playing in Canada and things like that. So uh, Dak has done a, a much better job of that as being able to, to being able to make every type of throw that you need to make as a quarterback. Well, one thing yeah. I know about, about, about your pass is how tight they were and how you know perfect. I mean, because mm-hmm. I think only time I got a chance to play, we played in the uh, what a, a flat, not a flag football game, when the beach, when beach ball, them beach, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beach football game. <laughs> Like man, you throw a nice pass, <laughs> and and so when I saw Dak, uh, first time I saw Dak when we played him uh, his rookie season, and the first couple passes, I said, "This boy reminds me of Warren Moon." I mean, right off the bat, I mean, I said, yeah. "That was like Warren." I mean, yeah, he's like, he's a guy that's similar to me. We we don't run a lot, but we were able to run when we need right. to. You know, yeah. we're not as dynamic as say a a, a uh, Lamar Jackson or even um, even. Um, Holmes or somebody like that, you know, but uh, I probably have a little bit better arm than Dak does, but he reminds me a lot of me in a lot of other ways. You listen to the best damn NFL pod period. Our guest is Warren Moon, the Hall of Famer. Um, Warren, when you look at the game right now and look at the different quarterbacks and the way the game is played, I I tell people all the time, it's like, we go out, if you were, you were 18 for, 25 and for 275 yards that was a pretty good day yeah you know that was a pretty good day back then but now you know if you're not throwing for 350 um it's considered just an just an average day the way the game is played today especially by the quarterback position in the passing game when you look at it um what's your thoughts on on how the game has evolved to that again Rodney I think like yourself and me uh, coming out of those uh run and shoot type of spread offenses I think we were um, game changing in that way, where yep. we where we opened up, uh, you know, opened up the game a little bit. When we were doing it back in the day, everybody thought it was a gimmick. Now that's what everybody's doing, you know, and they're running the same type of adjustable routes and all that. So the game has been changed to where it's a quarterback receiver game now. The running back is is big only if he can catch balls out of the backfield as well, except for maybe a Derrick Henry or a handful of other guys, but. When we were when we were playing, the running back dominated. Uh, running back, the running back dominated the game. It's not today that way anymore. And the rules have changed where you can't intimidate receivers anymore. You can only touch them after five yards. I mean, b- before five yards, uh, the quarterback can't be hit in the pocket anymore. Really, the way he used to be. So he's so he's pretty much well protected. So yeah, it, it's a quarterback receiver game. And uh, if you if you don't throw for four thousand yards, you're considered not having a good year. And these guys are throwing anywhere from forty five hundred to five thousand now uh, a year, and, and that's considered you know a, a pretty good year. So uh, that's the way the league wants it. They want more scoring, they want less hitting, and, and that's what they're getting. When you look at it now, like you said, when we talk about to today's football 
and I'm sure all, like all of us do, when you look at it, when you think, what could I do in, in today's football? If I had a receiver, if I had an offensive line, what, 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 don't you shake your head like, what could I do? What could I do? It'd be, it'd be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If, if we had the, just the rules of protecting the quarterback back then, I'd probably still be playing right now. <laughs> Tom Brady talking about playing these 50. Yeah. I, I believe it because he don't ever get touched. Exactly. And he's he gets rid of the football quickly, which is great. That's a big part of it. But even guys, when they get a chance to hit him, they, they can't really hit him the way they want to hit him because they're asking guys to hit a quarterback and then somehow dive off to the right so you don't drive him to right. the ground. How are you going yeah. to do that physically? You know? how, many, how, many, how many times do you get drove into the ground? Think oh, about my it. goodness. Oh, oh, that is the worst feeling. Oh, you don't know how many times the wind been knocked out of me <laughs> just from having oh. some big – who jump on top of me and slammed on me, you know? But that that was that was the game then, and that's what you that's what you expected. We, we were part of the game. We, we weren't we, we didn't have a, a skirt on when we were back there, like like a lot of people think quarterbacks today do. But I understand why they protect them because they're a big part of what the game is all about today. But I wish it would have been that way back when we played. <laughs> I don't know if I would have played any longer, but I probably wouldn't have been as sore as when, when I left the game, you know. Tell me, tell me about it, man. We played. I played in Detroit where we played Minnesota twice a year. And you speak talking about pile driving. Yeah, uh, the great Chris Dolman was Chris was Dolman. that guy. Oh my God, Eric, he would grab you, but he would pin your arms like this yeah. so you couldn't brace your fall <laughs> and then take it and take you down. Take you down, man. He knocked the wind out of me one time. <laughs> I couldn't speak. He just stay down, stay down, Pete, stay down. Stay that is down. the scariest yeah. feeling in the world to have a wind knocked out you, man. No, it really you is. You can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> can't catch your breath. <laughs> can't catch your breath. Um, speaking of, 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 of playing against opponents, Warren, when, I ask EDs all this time, all the time about when when they had a matchup where he felt like, oh, man, I'm, I'm about to get 250 today. When, when you play, were there certain teams you played against and matchups that you had? especially in the run and shoot days that you knew, okay, this is, they, they can't stop. This is going to be a party. Let's make sure we get limos for everybody on their defense to come to the game. <laughs> we don't want them to miss this one. Um, were there, were there teams or guys that you're like, Oh, and then were there on the opposite side, we were like, this is going to be a long one. Speaking of the sack, speaking of the pile driving, like, man, I, I got to get the pads ready today. Cause I'm going to get hit. You know, I, I felt pretty confident going into every game who we played against, just because of um, if, if our offense was on the same page, I didn't think any defense could stop us, you know, but, but uh, there were guys that uh, I thought on some of the days I had some of my biggest days were some of the days I was more worried, like against Kansas city, I played against them one time and threw for over 500 yards, but they had one of the best secondaries in, 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 in the league at that time. And one of the best defenses, you know, they had Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, you know, rushing you with Dan Sally and Moore on the inside. They had yeah. uh, they had uh, Deron Cherry back and and uh, uh, what was what was the one corner? Um, uh, Albert Lewis. Albert Lewis. I mean, he Albert, was really, really good. Lewis. Hey, you tried to stay away from him as much as you possibly yeah. could. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's Albert Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> that's his I mean, they had Kevin Ross on the other side. I mean, they right. just had a really, really good defense, but we we torched them that day, and I didn't think we would because, first of all, we are playing there. We were playing outside. It was kind of misty and rainy that day and kind of sleety, so you just never know uh, when those big games are going to come and against who. And then there's other games where you thought you were going to do really well, and and it didn't didn't work out. It just depended on, on the day and, and, and how the rhythm of your offense was going, but – you know, there was definitely guys I tried to stay away from. Guys like Dion, when I played against him, uh, playing against um, Rod Woodson, he was a guy that I tried to stay away from, and and also like Albert Lewis because he was so long and and uh, could run with anybody. So you definitely had guys you respected, but you also had guys that um, you could try and take advantage of and try and find that weak link in the in the in the defense. When after after you retired and you look back at at your numbers. Did you think you had Hall of Fame numbers? Well, you know, I was third all time when I um, when I retired. So that that's all I could really do is is go by um, what I did while I played. The rest of it was out of my hands as far as the voting and all that. And I knew not having had a Super Bowl under my belt was going to be something that would that, that would probably hold against me. So 
I really wasn't sure how it was going to go. And uh, I remember the first time I was up for, um, for selection, it was, uh, I was at the Super Bowl in Detroit and I was broadcasting the game for the, for the Seahawks. So I was preparing for the game while I was there. And that's when I got the call when I was there in Detroit. And that was my first year uh, eligible for, for the hall of fame. And, and, uh, it was, uh, probably one of the most emotional moments of my life, uh, just because of everything that I had gone through to even play quarterback and then to get to that position. Now, all of a sudden, I get the call that I'm going to be, you know, amongst some of the greatest players to ever play the game. And I, I cried like a baby. You know, I, I was driving my car, believe it or not, with my wife. We were driving towards the, uh, the press conference because my uh, presenter had told me, there's a chance you're going to get selected today. And you, you might want to be you might want to be downtown at the press conference when, when the, uh, the selections are made. And I'm like, I don't want to be down there and I don't get selected. I'd be, right. I'd be so embarrassed. And that happened to Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin was down there and, and, and he didn't get selected. So um, I'm, I, he finally convinced me to drive down there. So me and my wife are driving in the car. It's snowing and sleeting outside. And that's when I got the call. And, dude, I had to pull my car over to the side of the road. My wife had to take the wheel. And I, it was just pouring out of me. And I'm not a real emotional person. But everything that, that I had gone through, um, you know, every name I had been called, every person that had told me that I couldn't do it, and every quarterback African-American before me that didn't get the chance to play the position, all that just kind of came out of me at that one particular time. And, and uh, like I said, it was the most emotional moment, you know, of my life. I, I can say I, I know how you feel because uh, I think that happened to me in the parade. You know, when you're going, you know, you're the 33 block. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, you know, because, you know, like you're right, you know, you've, you got a, all the names they call you, you know, throwing stuff, spitting on you, you know, they call you the N-word and all right. that kind of stuff. You know, you don't forget that stuff. People think no. you, don't, you don't forget that kind of no. stuff. And it, I, it stays with you. And, and, and I say that day, just that day, everyone is cheering for you. I mean, that 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 moment, I'll, I'll never forget it. And I'm going to say this to you from one Hall of Famer, and I thank God I made it in. To another, you deserved it. I mean, because as I watched you play, man, I was always, man, I wish I had a quarterback. <laughs> I can't tell you how many Every time I talked to the band, I said, we'd have had one move. <laughs> and all they said, but you didn't have one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that, ED. Congratulations, man. You and I'm glad, I'm glad we uh, we're on the same team together now, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're a guy that I always wanted to play with. I think we played in a Pro Bowl. Bro, we played in a Pro Bowl. It's not the same as <laughs> the team we're on right now. So, And people don't understand, even though we're, it's a lot of great football players on, in the Hall of Fame, there's a lot of great guys in, in the Hall of Fame. We have such a great time. We're around each other. And uh, that's the thing I enjoy the most about it, that we all care about each other's health. We care about each other's families. Guys have a great time playing golf or doing whatever you do. That's the thing I love most about it, being around these guys, just to see that they're they're just normal people that happen to be great football players. Now, you guys, does the NFL, and I see it from afar, you guys are in it and and, and uh, do the different dinners and events and stuff like that. Do, does the NFL do a good job with making this club the club that it's supposed to be, meaning that it's, it's exclusive, obviously, but – taking care of you guys in a way that Hall of Famers should be taken care of? Let me answer that. You know, it's gotten, it's gotten better, but it's still got a ways to go. You know, you go. From, from when I first got in there, there wasn't a whole lot going on. But things have gotten a little bit better, but they, they could be much better. There's no question about it. Um, the NFL makes so much freaking money. Um, and we're the guys that kind of built this game. And, and, and have continued to make it grow to where it is right now. And the money that these guys are making today is, is astronomical and I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm not, I'm not envy. I mean, I'm not sad about it. I'm not mad about it, but don't forget the guys who, who helped pave the way and make the game the way it is. Uh, that, that's that 100%. That, that's it. Because when you think about other companies that say the guys that started it, those guys, they were always taken care of you. you take, they take care of. Them. And then I think that, that the NFL has, and I'll be honest, they have not done a good job of taking care. Of. They, they'll say that, you know, these are the, the, the legends of the game. The, these are the guys that make the game great. And, and, you know, think about playing football, right? And you know, that you don't have to be, you don't have to be in the hall of fame to, to know this is that, you know, we'll always have that connection. 
if you see a guy that he he might didn't make it a Hall of Fame, he only played three or four years. You say, I played for the Bills, I played for 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 the Seahawks, I played for the Rams. You're like, oh man, really? Oh, well, oh man, oh cool. You know so and so. It's just that it's that connection you have. That that's that brotherhood you have. And right. And I think the one thing about the the National Football League is is that they 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 say it out of their mouths like we're family, but. It's not true. We are family. The, the right. players, like all of us right here, we, we truly are family. And I wish that that we felt like the NBA and the Major League Baseball felt about, you know, their their league. Because think about it. I mean, and I don't know for you, Warner, for you, Rodney, but for me, I can say this is that nothing has ever taken the place of football. Nothing has. I mean, think about the times. you. I, I mean, for me, Nothing has given me that like wow, that wow effect. Maybe something, maybe something else in your life, but for me, football. Nothing has changed. Nothing no. plays football, and I think most players, it's the same thing. And you wish that you felt that same way about the game that you loved so much. You wish they felt made made you feel that way about the game. Yeah, there. When I first retired, that was the thing that was missing from my life. You know that when you when you played football, when you left that stadium that day, or when you walked off the field after a game, you had given it all. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and you were just pretty much drained. And there's nothing that you can find in your normal life, you know, since you leave the game that makes you feel that way, that gives you that type of rush. And uh, th- that's something I think that's missing from a lot of guys' lives. And they don't, a lot of guys don't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to deal with where do I find that, uh, that rush that I used to get from playing professional football. Yeah, you almost got to – you got to resign yourself to knowing – that it's not going to happen. And, no, and, and, that's it. Put it's it, not going to happen. It in the, put it in the rearview mirror because you're right. Guys, and we know them, uh, will we'll continue to try to chase that rush, chase that yeah. high with different things, and then that sometimes leads you down. It gets down them in trouble. Road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Warren, uh, you know, first of all, we appreciate you being on with us, man. And before we let you go, I want to get your, your take on just the state of the NFL and, and how do you see – the matchups in terms of the games in the season this year, um, starting with the AFC and, and who do you like coming out? Everybody says, you know, a lot of people still think Kansas city is going to come out of it, but how close do you think it is in the AFC? And then we'll switch over to the NFC. You know, it's really hard to get a gauge um, these first couple of weeks because nobody played during the preseason. So you don't really know what you, what you have as a team. And that's something that, um, uh, I've always been critical of it when guys don't play in the preseason and then all of a sudden you ask them to come out week one and play at a hundred, at a hundred miles an hour, which we you know that practice is one speed preseason game is another speed and regular season game is an even another speed. These guys aren't playing at all during the preseason. And they ask them to come out week one and play 60 minutes. That's why guys, you see how many guys have gotten hurt in the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. These guys' yeah. bodies aren't ready to, to play, you know? And then a lot of guys didn't look sharp. You look at what Aaron Rodgers and those guys looked like in the first week of the season. They hadn't played in the preseason. And it looked like it, you know? And there were certain teams that when they didn't play a whole lot, they looked like it in the first week or so. Tennessee didn't look good the first week. They came back and played better this week in the second half. But So it's really hard to get a gauge on who's who. But I think the teams that that um, everybody kind of predicted at the beginning of the year, Kansas City and the AFC, uh, Cleveland's going to be right there. Um, I don't know if the Ravens are going to be able to sustain because they've had so many injuries on their team, but they yeah. could be a team that could be there at the end. And then Buffalo, I think, is going to be up there as well. Um, the Raiders are surprising people right now, but there's still a long way to go. They always get off to a good start, but we'll see how, how they last. But those are the teams I think that are going to still be in it at the end in the AFC. Um, in the NFC, of course, Tampa, you know, they're off to a good start, even though their defense isn't playing as great as everybody thought they would. They're giving up a lot of points, but they're scoring a lot of points. Um, the AFC, I mean, the NFC West is loaded, so it just depends on – who survives that? Because these two, those, these four teams are going to beat each other up all year long when they play against each other. The Rams look really good on defense. Um, uh, San Francisco looks good so far. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is staying healthy. So there's, you know, there's so many questions going on um, with with some of these teams. But I think that the NFC West is going to have at least two teams going to the playoffs. Tampa Bay is going to be right there. Man, I don't know what's going on in Carolina, but they're playing really well right now. And, and uh, especially defensively, they're number one in the league right now after two weeks. So 
it's really early, but those are the teams I'm kind of looking at right now as we start off the season. Yeah. You mentioned um, Baltimore. I want to, you know, before we get out of here, I got, I got to ask you about Lamar um, and just the way he plays and the criticism that he gets. And, and I heard, um, who was it? It was, I think it was Colin said, Coward said, you know, if, if you, if, if we're stuck on quarterback, and that's what we have this in our mind from 50 years ago, 60 years ago, what it should be. But if you just said playmaker, he would be at the top of the list in terms of, of quarterback. Yeah. But we call him quarterback, so everybody criticizes the way he throws, where he does this. Um, your thoughts on Lamar, because, I, I mean, obviously people compare him to Michael Vick, but he, I think he's a little bit more explosive in terms of and, and more physical yeah. than Michael Vick. Um but I still want him to get down, Warren. I still want him to slide. I still want him to get out of bounds. Because you know this. First of all, it's a long season. And then to try to have that longevity, like you said, to eventually get a Super Bowl, win one, and be consistently over year after year, he's got to get down. He's got to get out of bounds, doesn't he? I think so. And I think that's one of the reasons Russell Wilson has never missed a start because he's so smart about when he does run and when he, when he gets on the ground or gets out of bounds. He doesn't take any big shots. And Lamar, they have him running, you know, power plays where he's running right up up, up through the tackle guard tackle gap. Uh, he, he's, he's taking a lot of punishment. And because they've had all these injuries to their running backs, he's only going to probably carry the ball more this year than he probably should. So he's going to have that many more, you know, hits he's going to have to take. So I just hope he's able to survive the whole season. He's a tough kid, but – I tell you what, the NFL, you, you know how it is in there right now. They see a quarterback come through there, their eyes get big. <laughs> if they can catch him, they'll hit him. But so far, they haven't been able to catch him. You know, the guy is so fast. I just see him running away from linebackers and that. But um, that's the thing that worries me most about him, too, is his durability and how long will he be able to put up with this type of punishment. Because I think last year he had over 200 carries. That's a lot of yeah. carries a lot for a freaking quarterback. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, Warren Moon, my man, number one. I appreciate you joining us, man. Ed and I, we 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 love reminisce. We could do this for hours. We right? could. We really could. <laughs> you're really going good. back and forth, man. But but I know you're busy, man. You 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 got a lot of things going. So I appreciate you taking the time and hang out with us today. Man, thanks thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, good luck to you with the with the podcast. I'm sure you guys have a great time doing this because you're just talking ball, and that's. That's kind of what we know, and uh, we're talking life, and uh, that's all part of it as well. So you guys keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start listening to your podcast a little bit more now. Now that I know what you guys are doing. There you go. There you go. Uh, thanks, thanks, Warren. Hey, so you hit you hit into your therapy session now, man? Right, right away. <laughs> <laughs> right away, because you guys brought it up. It's fresh on my mind now. I got to get down there and get on get on that couch, man. All love to you and the family, man. Thanks again. Okay, Stay here. you guys take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.